0: My name is Greg, Greedy Greg, our Greedy. Uh, my passion is sound. Been an audio engineer since 1988. Spent most of the 90s touring with rock bands, Foo Fighters, Sunny Day Real Estate, Presidents of the United States. Came obsessed with tone while working with all these bands and working on electronics and by the end of the 90s I had started a company called Greed Tone. Hand make everything, design it. I'd be lying if I said I didn't have help in the endeavor So it's not just solely me This is where I draw my experience from So here it is, Tone Talk Podcast one Coming at you. Why do a podcast? Well, why not do a podcast? I like to talk a lot Everyone tells me I talk a lot So why not talk about something And I know something about tone So I decided, to make a podcast, I'll talk about it Here it is Episode one, coming at you you are listening to tone talk so my first guest on tone talk is a friend of mine named johnny he played in a band called candy coated we met you know probably 15 plus years ago in a recording session been friends ever since he does the basement sessions people from various bands come in and they write a song on the spot and put together records and put them out under the basement sessions so I'd like to welcome you johnny <laughs> hello hello we're gonna to talk tone
1: tone talk a yeah bit.
0: Tone <laughs> talk. exactly when it comes to tone I always the first question I always want to ask can you remember the earliest time in your life you heard some tone whether it was you know drums, bass guitar whatever um, and it inspired you you noticed it was different that it sounded better
1: maybe than something else you'd heard as as a child Uh, Having older brothers, I was raised around, you know, rock ACDC and all this stuff in Led Zeppelin. I was very fortunate in that sense, but at the same time, I didn't pay attention to a lot of it. And and the first time I really realized that I thought, wow, this is is bitching, was, believe it or not, it was Kiss. And it was Detroit Rock City. And it was the beginning of the song where the guitar comes in, the... And I don't know why, and it's not even that that tone is substantially insane, but it was, I think it was the car crash and the, the get up, everybody, and all that stuff building up together that flipped it around for me and made me pay attention to it, you know? And uh, Got you excited? Yeah, yeah, it definitely got me excited. It made me want to hear the rest of the song for sure. And then as the years go on, I could I could go on and tell you, you know, Cheap Trick was definitely probably one of them in the early, you know, back when I was young too, but I mean... What's your Cheap Trick memory? Yeah, the cheap the chick cheap memory was uh, the Mommy's All Right, Daddy's All Right song. And my brother was cranking it up on vinyl on my dad's stereo. The power chords, the way that they came in with a, and just I couldn't stop myself from playing air guitar to it. You know, like I, I started swinging my arms around like a dummy, you know, <laughs> just thinking, this is so cool. <laughs> so, you know, my brothers uh, had a lot to do with the music that I listened to when I was little, you know? I mean, before that, it was Saturday Night Fever, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> I I feel, I feel that tone is very important. And as I'm older now and I've been able to establish and do the things that I've been able to do, it blows my mind to see how much love is put into making these tones. I've gotten to see a lot of cool stuff in the works, you know? So it's instance for what you do, Greg, you know? I've gotten to see you build these amps and then turn around and see how they're really use you know like someone beats the tar out of them like that's what you built and then and, and seeing you build it from the ground up or you're looking at these little wires and all the condensers and all the stuff and you're thinking how is that going to do that and, and to me as a drummer I, I, that's what i think I, I look at it how is that going to make a huge difference and what's what's different than that than a marshal and then now i realize it by learning and listening and you know watching things from the ground up so. But I think it all goes back to the same point of the older brothers or
0: someone that came before you that built the Marshall it's that true. you have like now a point to kind of look at before you even start building something. Yes. Or there's, you know, there's all kinds of things like I love it when people get pedals and they stack a bunch in a row and they come up with
1: almost a new sound out of it. Which is also a rad way to look at it because I wouldn't think adding a crunch and adding all these pedals together is going to make this own unique sound, but it totally does. You know, and sometimes people can take the wonders of all these different sounds and combine them into something that makes a sound that no one's done yet, which is getting harder to do these days, you know, but, uh, I do believe that it's possible.
0: (laughs) I don't know. I think there's enough things out there. If you just have fun with it, you'll find it. That is true. And the more you're not afraid of it, that's
1: to say the more that you're not afraid to try it, the more you're going to be able to establish your own, identity so to speak with that sound if that's the sound i think a lot of the people that stumble onto these rad tones and these rad sounds i think they stumble onto it i don't think they know when they're doing it and then all of a sudden they go oh shit this is great by combining stuff together but i don't think they go out like their intention wasn't to go i'm gonna get this sound i mean some people do a lot of these great sounds that have been established it might not have been in their thought process of actually this is what i'm going for for sure a lot of the mistakes i've made on records just Trying to make a tone, yeah. was the tone that we ended up with because it was so cool. And, and that's and it makes everybody's head turn. What do that again? You know, <laughs> so.
0: that's when you print it to tape and so you so you know you
1: got it. That's yeah, right. And that's what. That's, and then, and then, that's the, <laughs> I've
0: actually taken the effect and printed it to tape to make sure so that we didn't lose it because I was like,
1: we're gonna lose this. <laughs> Let's just print it. That's serious though. That's see, and then you go up, but you have that as a that's a, that's your 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 formula right there that you can go back to and look at over, you know, how do we do this? Right. So that's, that's amazing. And it's really amazing. Well, just for fun, can I ask you the same question that you asked me? What was your first one? You know, what made you realize that this is insane, you know? (laughs) Well,
0: well, for me, I mean, I always loved music and it always inspired me, but it it came down to one day in particular and I was with a, a friend of mine and we were in his truck and he was really into car stereos and he was just over the top about it i mean his truck was like one of those toyota trucks and back in the 80s everyone had their trucks lowered and his was all jacked up and it was looked like the monster truck almost and he was this little asian guy and he would just climb in this big truck (laughs) and had a full alpine system and he made me get in there one day and he played u2 with or without you because that record was out at the time, and it wasn't my cup of tea, but I just remember listening. When that bass came in, it just kind of blew me away. And it, I, I think I, it was for me, it was more than just any tone. It was just the whole thing, from the highs to the lows of that stereo, were so incredible that I heard every part of that song, and it made me realize that music. Because for years I'd been trying to figure out why when I go to Ron's Records.
2: Because <laughs> uh, I lived in, in
0: Salt Lake City. I was like, whenever, why do I go to Ronch Records? And every time I go there, the record sounds so good. Right. And then I go home, and it doesn't sound that good. <laughs> and then I finally realized, well, one day it was the bass. He had speakers that had low-end in them. You know, me. he had some old, like, 70s speakers or whatever, and I had some new st- weird thing that so my Kenwoods you know, not even not even something that cool it was like you know probably Emerson or something you know it was something lame I think I plugged my bass into it and eventually just blew it oh up. Jesus I blew it all up with my bass guitar I was like
1: well I don't got an amp maybe I'll just try out this little stereo here but for a second did, did you get the sound you were trying to achieve oh before I blew
0: up that Emerson yeah. I gotta tell you it was amazing and then when Smoke came out it was pretty gratifying <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) To watch smoke come out of the speaker, because it totally fried
1: the voice coil. But you smiled as it was happening, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Of course. When you're blowing up
1: something, you can't do anything
0: but smile.
1: That's very true. Now, we're going to leave that note. You're listening to Tone Talk.
0: After that, I became obsessed with sound and tone, and started uh, getting into car stereo and building systems, and getting into playing music. After a while, I realized I didn't like any of the tones out there, or at least I didn't like the ones I could afford. And so I started building stuff, and in no time at all got really inspired. I wasn't sure why. I wasn't sure if, like, oh, I was just excited because I made it, or was I excited because it was a good tone. And Then I went and did a record in New York and realized the artist I was with loved what I had built and I started kind of bringing it to sessions and letting people check it out. They got real fired up and I realized that maybe my inspiration every time I played it wasn't just because I made it. It was because it was actually a cool tone. That's when I became obsessed with building new sounds and new tones and listening to tones and stacking different pedals and stacking amps and trying pretty much anything to come up with tones that I thought might be fun to listen to, ones that, at the end of the day, you just are excited. Brennan Brown is a friend. He works out at Mackie. He's been heavily involved with the the DL32R. Anyone knows me knows I'm a Midas guy. Me and Brennan had a tough time at first trying to see eye to eye because he kept trying to get me to try out this Mackie thing. Long story short, a couple years later, I'm so in love with the Mackie DL32R. I cannot believe it. We're on Tone Talk with Brendan Brown. And uh, I'm going to start out with a real simple question.
2: Uh, Is there a tone out there that's inspired you? There's been several tones that really have inspired me. I think, you know, I didn't really get into the engineering aspect of it until you know my mid-20s and that was really when i started really listening to tool on vinyl and some of the first tool albums were were amazing you know the the not only the drum tones but the guitar tones and the bass tones were just jumping off the album and that you know that's when people actually listened to vinyl those were really good albums and i was in a band at the time and my guitar player had you know an old Marshall, yeah. He, and, he, and he had that with just an old cabinet, and he would get that thing dialed in, and it would just sound so good, just so naturally good that you didn't, you know, nothing had to be done to it outside of just running the guitar through the amp and overdriving it. That's awesome when you get one of those that works just like that. Yeah, like, I always
0: saw them come through my shop, and they they weren't always like that. No,
2: they're not, and they're not cheap. If you find the good ones, you know, because they're not, you know, they don't make them like that anymore. That's for damn sure. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's earliest you ever uh, kind of realized that there was tone out there. Or there was something involved in achieving certain sounds more than others. I think that's yeah. I think
2: that's when I when I first started appreciating it. You know, obviously I've always been a music fan, but I I didn't I don't think I really appreciated the the fact of what because you know when you're young and you're recording albums in your bedroom and you're doing stuff with your buddies and you think everything is great. You know, you you blindly think wow this is gonna be the best. But then, when you hear somebody who gets it right, it's like wow! It's 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 like taking a big sock off the speaker and it just jumps out at you. <laughs> that, that's
0: very true. I yeah. remember
2: some of the, you know,
0: first recordings I did were just you know making a tape to tape, yeah. which meant you got two boom boxes. Exactly, dude. You set them up side by side. You hit play and record. Run out of the room. <laughs> tell
2: everyone to be quiet. And if someone opened the door, you had to start all over. And did I remember recording? I remember when I first figured out that you could use headphones as microphone and I would plug the headphone into the, the the little eighth inch microphone input on the tape deck and I would use those for, for a microphone. And I, I just completely, you know, messed around with all that stuff. And I've been at it. I mean, I, I've always been interested in music. It's you know, after junior high, I think it was been the one thing that I've actually been able to be mildly successful at and, and really, you know, enjoy, you know, and I've got, I've been lucky to have friends like you, that that get the same thing and understand the same thing you know somebody's got to make the good records and appreciate music and tone
0: how how were those
2: headphone mics <laughs> i'm really interested in the headphone mic how does that sound yeah, you know dj's do that all the time now i don't know if you i was just out on tour last fall and uh, the, you know the edm guys they take the there's the, you know the quarter inch input on the on the um, it's really overdriven first of all
0: I would imagine that's what
2: I thought it was going to be distorted. So what they do is they'll take it, you know, they'll use the headphones for their set and then at the end of the night because you know, as a front of house engineer you don't never really want to give a DJ a microphone and if the microphone if you give it to them, it's really never on. So they got hip to it, they would take the the quarter inch out and plug it into the quarter inch mic input on the on the on the DJ mixer and then talk through that. So it's 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 pretty unique but uh <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. That's a pretty good trick. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I used headphones to clip over the body of acoustic guitar and
2: then plug into a tuner. <laughs> and then you could, tu- to- you know, you could tune your guitar that way. I used to put my bass against when I first moved to California. I used I didn't have an amp, and I used to put the bass headstock against the window, and and the window would rattle and vibrate, and I could tune my bass that way and, and play the bass with the. Brr, 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 brr. Oh, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, you, right you, on. you become you know, as you know, you become a. It's a whole lot of... There's not a whole lot of book learning in audio. You need to kind of figure things out on your own. Well, that's the beauty of it, is there is a bunch of rules, but I never tried to learn too many of them, so
0: I didn't know what I was breaking.
2: They don't do any... any, I I don't know. I mean, I don't subscribe to that theory. There's a lot of people that pay a lot of money to go to school to learn about tone and to learn about audio. I mean, I think maybe learning some of that stuff is important, but you need to just get out there and experiment with what really makes... Good tone and good sounds, and what what you can do. I mean, there's a lot of things like you said that are in between the lines that that aren't covered in textbooks. Oh, I agree. It's it's mostly <laughs> hand, all hands on. It is. It is. And 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 you should know that better than anybody because I mean, you've you've developed your own unique brand and style around what you think, what you figured out along the path, right? Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I figured out what wasn't working, and I kind of <laughs> just started moving away from that. Yeah, that's true. You always kind of figure out what you know. You learn. You have to be quick to learn from your mistakes.
0: Well, it's nice to have you come by. Thanks oh, it's for been coming.
2: A, been a pleasure, Greedy. I'm glad to be a, one of your first guests here on yeah. Tone Talk. Yeah. Well, thank you for stopping in. Yeah. Let me know when you get syndicated.
0: All right. Thanks. So now we've come to a close of podcast episode one. Hopefully, you guys like it, and we'll just do some more of these. And uh, maybe you can bug me and tell me who you'd like to have me interview. All right, take it easy.
2: Tone Talk is brought to you by Greed Tone, recorded live at the Kill Room Studio. No reproduction of any kind is authorized without written consent from Greed Tone.